This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 508, November 30, 2020. It was 62 degrees on this day in 1922 and 17 below oh, in 1964. Oh, oh. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king. Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. May I start with something that I find absolutely engaging? Okay. What do you got? That silver monolith in Utah yeah, yeah. is now gone. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> and if this is a prank, and if this is mischief, it's just delightful. It's, it's the just, best kind. Yeah. Yeah, it really is done with a lot of class. Yeah. Uh and you can see how carefully that was installed when you look at the uh, triangular depth of the uh, foundation that it was set in. Mm-hmm. And of course the speculation is the aliens have beamed it back up and <laughs> f- for all I know they have or for all I know it's some some artists who are really really clever. And uh, I just think in these troubled times it's just such a delightful story. Just getting it in and out of its location is problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people have a lot of time on their hands these days. Well, when you look at the uh, after, well, the before shot is this gleaming metallic monolith, a triangular monolith, and about 12 feet high. And then you look at when it was absent, uh, there were footprints all around it. And Mm -hmm. I suppose, you know, in my weird mind, I'm saying, geez, examine the footprints. But that could just be from tourists did find the area and they got in there. And and so you could Google the the logistics and find the thing. But isn't this just it's just great. Uh, We need more pranks like that. That's that's fun. While Utah officials did not say specifically where the monolith was located, people soon found it on satellite images dating back to 2016 and determined its GPS coordinates, prompting people to hike into the area. Oh, I didn't know this, Joe. Yeah. Reporters with the Salt Lake Tribune hiked to the spot on Saturday and confirmed that it was gone. Spencer Owen of Salt Lake City said he saw the monolith Friday afternoon and camped in the region overnight. But as he hiked to the area again on Saturday, people passing him on the trail warned him it was gone. When he arrived at the spot, all that was left was a triangular piece of metal covering covering a triangular-shaped hole in the ground. I was bummed, said Owen, who posted a video. It was so pretty and shiny, I just wanted to see it again. Uh, Ricardo Marino and his girlfriend, Sierra Van Meter, were traveling from Colorado to California on Friday and decided to stop and see the object after finding the GPS coordinates online. They thought it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. On the way, they passed a long-bed truck 
with a large object in the back. And he said, and he joked, oh, look, there's the Utah monolith right there. When they arrived in the spot, it was gone. Oh, interesting. Wow. Interesting. So this is a prank. This is a big league prank. Yep. A delightful, delightful prank. Steve Adams said he left a helper in central Utah at 7 a.m. Saturday to drive to the area. When he arrived, he asked someone for directions and was told it was gone. He and some friends made the hike. Anyway, I was disappointed, he told the Tribune. We were excited to go down and have an adventure to see it. It feels like it was everybody's, and then it was nobody's. It's just gone. Oh, I just think this is so wonderful. I, it's got to crop up somewhere else in the West. It'd be I would fun just if think it just that. made appearances. I was just thinking that. I wonder if it'll sh- show up somewhere else now. But, Such, how patient do you have to be? If they're saying that they saw this on satellite images as far back as four years ago, oh, you've got to be a patient prankster to wait for that one to pay off. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and think of the expense. It it could not have been cheap to to go to a foundry or wherever you would have to go to make that, right? And then and then they got a long flatbed trailer truck, presumably, if in fact these people who saw it on the back of a truck were seeing the monolith. Oh, I think this is fascinating. See, I had a different reaction. What Uh-oh. if this is the sign of uh, it's about to go down? No, we're giving you a little warning here, ladies and gentlemen. No, it <laughs> wouldn't have disappeared, Chris. It wouldn't uh, unless somebody. You, Joe, you don't. It did cross my mind for a second. Do you think somebody stole it? Stole no. it? Ripped it off? No, no, I don't. I would hope uh, not. I, I think I think the installation and the disappearance are all part of the same theater, and I think it's fascinating. It's just wonderful because you're either going to believe that, or there is no other explanation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is there either humans did this or there is no other explanation. Yeah. And to uh, and to locate it so remotely that people you know what this country's got? This country's got a lot of space. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Utah's on my list. I've never visited any part of Utah. I really want to. Well, the, especially now. The parts that I saw about a year ago were just absolutely gorgeous. I bet. I bet. Plus, you can go this, 80 on the freeway. It's sweet. This almost ranks up there with my uh, Swedish friends uh, from Kensington that say they found a runestone. <laughs> See, I've always thought that uh, I've always thought the runestone was real because Swedish because. people are incapable of humor. <laughs> Name me a Swedish comedian. You can't do it. <laughs> I'm trying to pick a one. <laughs> the only one that I can think of is the Swedish chef on The Muppets, but he's not really a comedian. Uh, a guy, the only uh, thing a better... Sw- a Swede only- walks into a bar and has a drink. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing better would have been if someone captured perfectly uh, credible, clear film of Bigfoot installing the monolith. Oh, yeah. That would that would have made it better. <laughs> yes. So has this got you thinking about what kind of fun, delightful pranks you could pull on the unsuspecting public that might not be revealed for years? No. As you say, and this didn't occur to me, imagine the patience. Yeah. It took a DNR helicopter crew counting sheep to make the first public observance of this monolith last week 
and they were so captivated that they put the bird down and had to go see it close oh hell up. yes yes <laughs> and and they continue to say uh they can't really come up with a crime that was committed right <laughs> so uh I don't know the status of that land. That's maybe public land. It is, yeah, BLM, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, my God, I, I tip my hat to the uh, characters who pulled this off, and I really, really hope it shows up somewhere else. But yeah, I and gonna, I hope oh, they, ahead, I, I hope they don't reveal themselves. I, I hope instead of revealing themselves, they, like you said, they pull it off again. But you mm-hmm. you had mentioned stealing it. Does it have value? I mean, could you, you you can't really take it to a pawn shop or something like that. Well, it's only worth its weight and whatever kind of you know if it's steel or aluminum Got it. or okay. whatever. Okay. Yeah, it's not yeah. worth anything. Well, it's worth you're you're right. It's worth whatever it weighs. But just stealing it would be ridiculously difficult. <laughs> yeah, and just so anti-American. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I'm with you. I hope these people don't end up on some late-night television show boasting about it. Right. I want it to show up elsewhere. It's just delightful. It just takes our mind off uh, toil and trouble to think that there are people out there that could engineer this. So you're picturing it, like a Where's Waldo situation where it just randomly shows up in, yes. in different places? <laughs> yes, I would love that. And then, you know what the key tool would be? Uh, the next location has to be as difficult and remote as this one. Yeah. Yep. It has to be almost impossible to find until some state helicopter counting elk comes flying over and says, what the hell is that thing? You mean elg. Elg. <laughs> With the Did G. you see the elg? That's what Patrick would call it, <laughs> elg. Did you see that big elg that uh, somebody took down up north? Yeah. With a rack on it about... The size of a Cessna? No, I I did not see that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just massive horns on that thing or whatever you call them. Uh, Antlers. Antlers, that would be the word. Not not horns. Antlers. Big (laughs) elk. Big elk. It's going into the Boone and Crockett record book. Do you cape out an elk, Kenny? Can you cape one out? Yeah, you know, my my son and I have been talking about elk hunting for a number of years. He wants to do that. I, I believe it's a lottery deal where where you throw your name into a hat, and if you get chosen, of course, he doesn't have any connections up there for private land. So then he's hunting on public land. You can't put up a permanent stand, and it requires a lot of preseason snooping around. You know, you don't just get out of the old Buick and walk in and take <laughs> out an elk. And then what do you do about all that meat? My friends that go out west, um, a, a lot of them quarter it up right where it falls and just carry quarters out. Wow. Yeah. But that's a, that's a lot of meat. But elk is really tasty. Love elk. Okay, it was uh, here's from the Duluth News Tribune. Sunday, September 6, Lacey Lupian made the most of her once-in-a-lifetime opportunity shooting a trophy 7 by 8 bull elk only three miles from her home. Wow. She'd oh, had her nice. Eye on, she'd had her eye on that particular bull since learning she'd drawn a tag. So you're right, it's a lottery system. Uh, she got a letter in early July from the DNR. Uh, she thought it was junk mail. She was going to throw it away, but she... She happened to catch the window that said something about elk hunt, so I thought maybe I should open this, and sure enough, she got a letter from the DNR notifying Lupian of Lancaster that she'd drawn a Minnesota elk tag for season B, which began Saturday, September 5, and wrapped up September 13. Uh, 
She and her husband Lance had been applying for a tag to hunt elk in Kitson County since the DNR began offering the season several years ago. The odds of drawing a tag for the once-in-a-lifetime Northwest Minnesota hunt aren't particularly favorable. 4,425 prospective elk hunters applied in the lottery uh, that selected this year's 42 recipients. No wow. kidding. Yeah. So you get a, you get a week essentially when you get selected for your chance. Sounded like sounded like season B was ten days long. Okay. Just the lower. T- Look at the she's she's posing with it, and the lower tines on one side of that rack is bigger than her arm. Wow. I mean, thicker, the fatter mm-hmm. diameter. Mm-hmm. Boy, what a monster. Mm-hmm. But oh, how lucky is she? She lives up there. She got to hunt right, you know, sleep in your own bed. Oh, that's oh, yeah. the best kind of deer camp. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I wonder. I hope she's not taking grief for this. Why would she? Oh, well, she will from the crowd. You know, well, the, 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 the euphorians are going to go oh, crazy. Oh, I, I didn't of even course. think of that. You're right. My God, is it massive though? It's just massive. Wow. I, you'd have to have a big room just to display the antlers. Wow. Well, congratulations, Lacey Lupian. That's pretty fantastic. So, you know, the uh, the restaurant where hypocrite Gavin Newsom had a indoor meal after yes. telling Californians to uh, <laughs> yeah. eat outside. Uh, well, he was indoors and he wasn't wearing a mask. And it was at a place we always thought the name of was kind of odd, the French Laundry. Mm-hmm. Well, sure enough, our buddy Scott Matura in uh, Montana said, Joe, the French Laundry is named because the original business in this restaurant's location at the turn of the century was an actual French Laundry. I have dined there, and it is quite an experience pushing back and holding ground, Scott. So that's the Scott uh, also just sent us a letter here in the last five minutes that you should probably read before let's see before i do a dk mags before you do a grundhofer before we do a i think he hit up all of our shops when he was in town over the weekend nice oh i didn't know he was in town yeah here let me go to my uh let me go to my inbox and uh oh he went to grundhofer's yeah let me print this baby out and that means you'll hear the exciting sounds of my printer. He snuck into town all the way. Let's see, Mature is from Bozeman, isn't he? That's a haul. Yeah, but he's got people in town. Yeah, he's yeah. from St. Paul. Yeah, but that's some windshield time yes, there. Yes, it boy. is. Rook knows him. They went to Creighton oh. together. <laughs> oh, no end. kidding. Here it comes. There's Can you hear the printer. that? Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Come on, baby. Keep coming. Whoa, it sucked the paper back in. Let's come out again. Oh. Come on. He's doing play-by-play of his print job. Here we go. She's coming out nice. Here's the pitch. Uh, well, I might as well read it because I wanted. I got another guy who wrote about Grunhoffers. Joe, after 21 years, this is Scott. I had the fortune to drive back to Gumption County for a holiday with the family or as close to a family gathering as the king allowed us. I figured while I was there, I needed to pay a visit to some businesses that make Garage Logic tick. Nice. My brother and I left our wives to shop as we headed out for some GL stops. First we headed this next paragraph. Uh, skip that last sentence of this paragraph. <laughs> uh, first we headed to DK Mags. My brother made a purchase of a rifle cleaning tool while I handled uh, and shopped for some firearms myself. We had a great conversation. The team was friendly. Of okay, course, go was... to the fourth paragraph okay. now. <laughs> next week, while well, he was talking about the dumb dumb there. Next we uh, 
hit, I think, which was you. Next, yeah, we headed to the Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> it brought back many memories of hungover breakfast at the Cobblestone Cafe just around the corner. I made three purchases I think the crew will approve of. A Cretan shirt, a Fighting Saints shirt, and an O'Gara shirt. The irony cool. of the O'Gara shirt was it made me reminisce when Danny O's kicked in a drawer of my dad's antique S-curved roll-top desk while wrestling on a wild high school party night. Next, we went to the Grund, where I purchased a few summer sausage and some brats, whiskey pepper, whiskey, Reuben, and some pheasant sausage. And, and finally, I picked up a bottle each of Harmony Spirits bourbon, whiskey, and vodka. I would have purchased a gin as well, but the store was sold out. And lastly, I took a drive through the old neighborhood where I purchased my first home back in 1992. I mention this because it was in Matamidi. My house was on the northernmost block of Warner Avenue, with Maple being the closest cross street. I know it well. To this day, my favorite lot of anywhere I have lived, pushing back and holding ground. And I also got a note uh, regarding Grunhoffers from Tim Herstad, who writes... I was heading north with my semi a week ago and made a right turn off 35E into Hugo, left onto 61 North, and there it was, mm-hmm. Grunhofer's. Boom. In the door I went first. Question to the staff was, where is the meatloaf? <laughs> I grabbed five. Nice. I got brats, three pounds of double-smoked bacon. <laughs> while I'm drinking. <laughs> right. Three pounds of double-smoked bacon, cut and wrapped to my liking, and last, a turkey that I deep-fried on Thanksgiving. My mother loves your podcast, and the meatloaf brought I brought her. Good luck to you, Mayor and GL staff. Tim from Rice Lake, Minnesota. They all are talking about Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats in Hugo, right at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. It's become Gumption County's meat meatertainment emporium and it's all there including the meatloaf the bacon the tomahawk steaks additional space you'll notice being added on and uh, we're just days away from that being enclosed as uh, the Grunhofer's legend continues to spread across the land to the point where people returning to town make sure to put it on their (laughs) to-do list that's Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats it's on highway 61 where else right at the north end of downtown Hugo Cancer, the word nobody wants to hear. Worrying about your legal rights should not be the first thing you deal with when faced with a cancer diagnosis. But you do have legal rights. Many people are unaware their cancer may be related to exposure on their job. Asbestos, benzene, and cleaners are among many chemicals that cause cancer. Let the lawyers at CancerLaw.com help your family with medical bills, lost wages, and funeral expenses. Passionate, experienced Minnesota lawyers at CancerLaw.com can help you focus on your health and family. Visit CancerLaw.com. Just make a move. Joe Suchere. So, uh, fellas, I got a great email from our guy Kevin uh, with the Chill Boys. He says, Reeves, I just wanted you and the crew to know the CPs are hearing the Chill Boys ads loud and clear. They have been loading up on boxers for holiday gift giving. You will have the most chill audience in podcasting after Christmas. Thanks for the support, Kevin, from the Chill Boys. Well... Way to go, CPs. You should join the crowd. Join the crew with the GL transition into the Chill Boys world. The most comfortable underwear you will ever own. There is no doubt in my mind. Go online, chillboys.com. It is a perfect gift for that guy in your life. Uh, You can see their entire selection of the bamboo boxers, boxer briefs, comfortable t-shirts too, by the way, and sunglasses. Place your order. Let them know at the Chill Boys that you heard about it right here on the GL Podcast. And, um, fellas, speaking of gift giving, by the way, 
What we, are you getting me, Chris? We launched this morning the oh. Garage Logic Limited Edition Christmas Store. Here's the deal. What? No. Is this what the kids and the hipsters call a pop-up store? There you go, Kenny. A pop-up Ooh. store. Here's the deal oh. on this. This is only going to be open for one week. It's going oh. to close this Sunday, December 6th at midnight. All right. Oh, pressure's on, pressure's mm-hmm. on. Here's mm-hmm. what's available. Go to garagelogic.com. You can see the banner ad. We'll also tweet this out uh, later today so that people can get it on, on both Twitter and I'll post it to the Facebook page as well. For this holiday limited edition store, you have the 2020 Ding Ding t-shirt, which I love, by the way. Mm-hmm. 2020's been a ding ding year. It really has. Boy, has it. There's also a Garage Logic stocking hat. And in my time with you, Joe, you've never offered a stocking hat, so I'm definitely grabbing one of these. Oh. But also, yeah. there is a Garage Logic flag available. Really? You're Finally. kidding me. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding you. And by the way, keep this in mind, too. There is a limited a limited number of flags available. So it's first come, first serve. Oh, that this, means today. Right. That you, means right now. If you want pause, one. Yep. Pause the podcast right, right now. How do I do a this? Flag. How do I get a flag? Go to what gra- do I do? Go to garagelogic.com. Place <laughs> yeah. your order. All right. Yeah. Place your order, and, uh, that, that, and it'll get to you. The reason we're doing it right now is we want these to be able to get to people before Christmas because I know a lot of people ask about gifts like this for the the GL lover in their life. But don't wait. I'm telling you right now, the flags are going to be they're going to be gone if if you if yeah. you wait around. Yeah. So yeah. order that today. Um, and if, if you have a GL in your life, make sure you you share this link with them as well. GarageLogic.com. Just click on the GL pop up holiday store. Uh, in a headline, a play headline right now on the. Star Tribune website is the headline that reads, In a bloody year in Minneapolis, gun could be key to 14 shootings. And they're talking about a, a single gun involved in 14 Eight. shootings. Oh, just one, huh? Yep. And then uh, there's two sub-stories. Uh, As gunfire toll hits 500 injured or killed, Minneapolis struggles to find solutions. Uh, and another story, New Look shows violent crime spread across Minneapolis this summer. Uh these are extraordinary numbers. Uh, 500 killed or wounded by gunfire in the city since the start of 2020, by far the highest tally in the last 15 years, according to crime data from the Minneapolis Police Department. Homicides have also surged to levels not seen since the 1990s. Wow. And you have, as recently as the Friday after Thanksgiving, Three members of the Minneapolis City Council released a safety for all plan. Sure. To cut an additional seven point nine million from the police department's budget in twenty twenty one and ultimately reduce the authorized sworn force, opting instead to reinvest funding into mental health crisis response and violence prevention methods. Hours after the proposal became public, a spokesperson for Mayor Jacob Fry said, uh, we have significant concerns about shrinking the size of the Minneapolis Police Department. Well, who were the suspects? Council President Lisa Bender, Ward 3 Council Member Steve Fletcher, and Ward 4 Council Member Philippe Cunningham created the proposal, which will take the form of an amendment during 2021 budget negotiations this week. 
the full council plans to vote on a final version of the budget December 9. Minneapolis residents have made clear a call for change, the three council members wrote in a four-page safety-for-all document. Over-relying on armed law enforcement has overexposed our city to potential harms and not led to safety in all of our city. We can and must do better. Bender, Fletcher, and Cunningham were among the most vocal council members in the earlier push to dismantle MPD in favor of a Department of Community Safety and Violence Profession, pre- Prevention. That plan did not advance to the November 2020 ballot, and the latest Safety for All proposal looks to accomplish similar goals by shifting funding and priorities away from police. I don't know how you are supposed to have a working, viable city with such hapless leadership. It's, it's embarrassing. It's I, just I, embarrassing. I, I really don't. Uh, the reason you're seeing an uptick in crime is because of the decline of moral and ethical integrity. We've talked about it for ages. And that was exacerbated by the, the death of George Floyd and, and, and what have you. Uh, and you have uh, council members who believe that they can reimagine what, what public safety should be like. And they, they apparently are very triggered by police actually being armed. Imagine that. I don't know how you're supposed to have a functioning city. I really don't. Uh, Chicago, let me just veer off topic for a moment. Chicago over Thanksgiving weekend, oh, nine no. killed, nine killed, 37 shot. 53% increase in shootings and killings compared to the same time last year. We're, we're, we're headed that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not an unreasonable figure for Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that they won't even acknowledge what's going on is such a kick to the crotch. They won't, I mean, they call it an apparent uptick. Mm-hmm. And all the people that are calling on Lisa Bender and everybody else in the, on the council to, you know, account for themselves. What do you have to say about this? They ignore it. Well, Kenny, look at what Bender, the crap she pulled a couple of weeks ago. Well, I'm going to take a different job. I'm not going to seek re-election. Yeah, because your job is difficult. It, you know, it, it's more than banning plastic bags, Lisa. The plan vows to cut $5 million in police overtime while lowering the authorized MPD force to 750 in future years down from the current number of 888. Oh. That would represent a drop of about 15%, although Philippe Cunningham said the goal is to also reduce MPD's call volume by the same total. What does that mean? I, I guess if you get carjacked, don't call the cops. No, they don't want you to. Don't do that. Uh, we are taking the work off of the responsibility of MPD to respond to things that are really not for law enforcement to respond to, Cunningham said. They are not trained for mental health professionals. All right. In his own budget, Mayor Fry recommended 888 authorized officers for 2021, but has allowed for an actual total of 770 due to an unanticipated increase in retirements and other separations with the city's finances reeling. From COVID-19, Fry has offered a one-time $12.5 million cut to police among the many departments facing a potential decrease of funding. The council's plan would enact further cuts on top of 
that. Phrase Fry spokesperson Michael Vlatkovich said the mayor supports finding different approaches to law enforcement, but he criticized the council's safety for all plan. Well, thank God he did. Uh, he might be too late in doing that, but at least he's... Do we even... How many cops do we have uh, uh, right now, Joe, in Minneapolis? We don't have that 800 number. No, no. because they had to bring in outside reinforcements, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Hennepin County and surrounding suburbs. Wasn't that the case? Mm -hmm. You cannot wish for crime to go away, Lisa. That's, that's not how it works. You cannot wish for behavior to suddenly and miraculously improve. Uh, years and years and years of your type of leadership have made things only worse. The absence of discipline, the absence of consequences, the call to raise bail funds for rioters and looters. You cannot continue to portray criminals as, as somehow they are victims of an oppressive society. Correct. No, no, they're criminals. And the only thing that might save us from an even more rapid descent into such lawlessness is winter. But even that's not cooperating. No, you know what? Honestly, <laughs> honestly do you know what needs to happen? Step number one, put these kids back in school. Mm -hmm. Put these kids back in school, and that number will go down. And we're still not accounting for the, uh, the, uh, the, the number of felons that are walking around free right now that just get turned out every time an, another officer brings them in and puts them in jail, and three weeks later, they're out doing the same thing. Yep. You know, the it's just a turnaround. The ideology of Lisa Bender and Fletcher and Cunningham is tantamount to a blueprint for the destruction of American cities. It is. They're writing a how-to book. When you, yeah. when you criminalize the police, when you, when you constantly hector the citizens of Minneapolis, the police are, are at fault. You've undermined all trust in the police, and you're making it easier for yourself to cut their budgets and remove their numbers. And in the meantime, the crime rates just keep soaring. Talk to Tim Christopher, the Reverend Tim Christopher, about it. He's vehemently opposed to these kinds of policies. But the ideology at work here is the ideology of the mystery. And the mystery says that we're all the same. We're all the same, and just uh, we should decriminalize much behavior. We're seeing that. We should decriminalize a lot of uh, misdemeanor behaviors. We should look the other way. We should continue to make uh, marginalized uh, people and people of color less than. These are the most disingenuous, hapless thinking leaders that Minneapolis has ever elected. And I, I don't know. Rival. Yep. Yeah. I drove through great sections of Minneapolis yesterday, uh, and I thought to myself, are, are all of you people wishing for the police to be at blame for what's happening in this city? And I got to think if you stopped and just to, took a random walker on Kenwood Parkway or, or wherever, they would say, no, I don't blame the police for what's going on. So I don't know where uh, Bender comes up with this idea that we're responding to what we hear from the community. Uh, I can't believe she's hearing 
that uh, it, we don't want any police. And here's the narrative that I really, really have grown tired of these last few months since since the George Floyd uh, weekend took place, is that if you decide, me, I'm, and I'm going to use me here, if you decide that you're going to you know, start taking issue with this and pointing out it's, well, go, go back to the suburbs. Well, I got news for you, bleeper. There's a reason I moved my family to the suburbs, because I don't want to live in this crap. Yeah, you were smart enough to do it years ago, too. Right. Um, I loved and, living in the city, but it wasn't worth it anymore. And then the last three months, the market has been flooded with houses for sale. There's two houses for sale on every block in South Minneapolis. And it went from a seller's market to a buyer's market. And uh, you blue-collar folks living on the south side, you had a home that was worth 300000 in April. That thing's now worth two twenty-five. And if you're not selling and you're thinking about selling next year, it's going to be even worth even less. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to have to hold out for years and years and years in order to build your equity back up because the mayor and the governor and the city council have killed whatever equity you built into your home. The ideology itself is harmful to the human condition. Oh, I'll say. The ideology says... There are certain constituencies in, the, constituencies in the city that we're choosing not to hold uh, responsible for their behavior. Instead, we're going to take it out on the police. The police, it's the presence of police that compels this behavior. It's the, it's the presence of armed police who put us in danger. No, no, it's not. This is a perfect day for carjacking. Great carjacking weather we have today. You think so? As I was saying, winter has always helped us slow down the spread of lawlessness but uh, we're just having a delightfully uh, lingering autumn and uh, the cold hasn't really hit us yet uh, hell i played golf saturday that's pretty late to play golf in minnesota november 28th how'd you hit him boss pretty good yeah for the first time swinging on a busted leg i was yeah. gonna say both ankles make her through okay oh yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah yeah uh that's <laughs> neither here nor there that was an aside my point being that uh uh, we've always counted on winter, and ironically, right now, winter is uh, holding back a bit. It'll certainly get here. Uh, I don't uh, sense any hysterical need to uh, invoke climate change here. I'm just grateful for another sunny day, and I wish it would continue like this. If this is global warming, baby, bring it on. No doubt. <laughs> bring it on. I want more of it. You never see that part of it, do you? If the world, in fact, is getting warmer, so what? <laughs> I'll take it. Well, well, you, you well Joel, record. that's just because the area you're in <clears throat> is not affected as much as all areas on the coastal cities. Blah, 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 you, guys, you mean uh, You mean if it's raining here, it's not raining everywhere? That's right. <laughs> If it's snowing uh, here, it's not snowing everywhere. There's always an answer. Did you guys see, by the way, that uh, climate czar was trending uh, over the weekend on uh, on social media? I'm trying to find. It was a hilarious oh, I tweet. I don't do social media on the weekends. I don't either. Oh, I just can't, I can't stand the. It. I can't stand the Twitter world. I just. I've been tweeting more and more infrequently. I just can't take it. That's an evil medium. It really is. Oh, here it, it really is. Uh, it was the Daily Wire had a story on the 24th saying, uh, irony alert, Biden's climate czar John Kerry owns $12 million beachfront home. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, that was pretty good. 
Amid sharp rise in Minneapolis shooting slayings and a solution appears elusive. Police say more adults are being shot, but young people are still most likely to be the victims of gun violence. In recent months, two 14-year-olds were shot in separate incidents, one of whom was struck and wounded by gunfire during an altercation in downtown Minneapolis. In June, 17-year-old Deontay Wallace was fatally gunned down in North Minneapolis. Four months later, his brother Devontae Wallace, also 17, was shot to death. Another 17-year-old was shot three times in the span of a month and a half. The violence has added a sense of urgency to the debate over policing that was rekindled by the death of George Floyd on May 25th. At the same time, shootings are testing a pledge made by some council members to dismantle the city's police force and replace it with a new public safety system that prioritizes everyone in the community. I I don't know what that means. Despite some setbacks, lawmakers and activists say the work continues and they hope to put the issue to voters next year. During a heated meeting last week, city leaders debated using outside law to help fight crime. Chief Madaria Arredondo said the extra manpower is needed to stop the bloodshed, but some council members argued that the department continues to rely on traditional crime-fighting methods that time and again have failed to keep residents safe. There again, you have an ideology in these hapless activists who got elected to the city council that uh, the police are supposed to invent new ways of keeping people safe. They don't take into account the behavior of the young criminals. They just are willing to forgive that. It's somebody else's fault. It's not their mm-hmm. fault. I and if don't you complain know how about you it, can Joe? have a functioning, operating, healthy, attractive city without a police department that you believe in and you trust. You want to make sure they're on the up and up? I'm all for that. You want to make sure coppers get better training? I'm all for that. You want to put together some mental health crisis unit? I'm all for that. But don't you dare tell me that the police are to blame for the increase in crime. It's preposterous. Well, uh, Joe, it's embarrassing. Uh, your, your it's happening you, in every big city in it, America. You're, you're coming from how a, about a position Portland? of white privilege, is what you're doing. How about white uh, privilege. Oregon, where the, where the governor said... Uh, no gatherings larger than six people, and if you see that, call the police. Yep. They yep. let Portland burn down all summer. But you're supposed to call the cops and rat out your neighbors, which presumes you better be counting. Still playing with the mic. Yep. <laughs> Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Hello, Joe Sushi. Hello. Hello. Every check engine light we've got is blinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's my analogy. I'm driving home from a bar in Alexandria in 1984. It's about 30 below, 40, 50 below windshield. The check engine light is on. It's sputtering. We got the foot to the floor, and yep. we're just going to drive it for as long as she goes. Hopefully, we'll get close to as my old man used to say, keep her between the ditches. Mm-hmm. We're driving a 79 Caprice right now, a donk. <laughs> <laughs> 50, years, 50 years of glorious service. That's uh, how, how long Moon Motorsports has been serving the region. Since 71 up in Monticello, family owned for the whole run. You've probably seen them on the south side of 94 as you flow through top speed on the freeway. Uh, if you've always been interested on owning a sled or an ATV side-by-side or a bike, boy, it's time to pull off the freeway. Take a poke around this giant cathedral of motorized fun. You can also see it all right here, right now on the web, moonmotorsports.com. Hello? Hello? 
Hello? Hello? Don't, hold on, hold don't, on. Hello? Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry if you don't know everything there is to know about, oh, say you're a fisherman and you want a side-by-sign. That's what the guys at Moon Motorsports are, are there for. The staff will take care of you, get you informed, and help you get set up with your dream machines. Not, or Yeah, machines. Get a sled and a side-by-side. But nine brands, Honda, Polaris, Yamaha, Can-Am, BMW, Triumph, Ducati, KTM, Skidoo, Triton ta- Trailers, they've got the machine for the winter fun stuff, sleds. You a trail rider? Got it. Two up? Want to take the bride? Or does the bride want to take the hubby? Got that crossover mountain sleds and the fish house like i i said if you access it via sled or side by side or four-wheeler moon motorsports can get you there and they've got all the goodies to keep you happy grip warmers windshields cabs plows and the best thing i like about all these machines auxiliary lights light it up baby you can check out the inventory, the deals, and see everything everything there is to see. Moonmotorsports.com. Pretty simple to remember. Moonmotorsports.com. Hello? Hello? The, the, uh, Chicago, uh, the Chicago Sun-Times uh, reported last week, uh, prior to the Thanksgiving carnage, that Chicago reached its 700th homicide for the year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Not shooting. Homicide. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's the second time the number that number was reached in 20 years. The paper cited police statistics that show a 53% increase in shooting and killings compared to this time last year. I should know in, the answer, but do they lead the nation, Joe? Well, they have to. They have to. In April, one of the goals of the city's police force was to keep the number of homicides below 300, according to NBC Chicago. And again, how are the police supposed to do that? That's crazy. This is a breakdown in in civility. This is a breakdown in behavior. And I don't. I think it's a, as much as the local Minneapolis council members are embarrassment. I think it's an embarrassment that this happens in the United States, in Chicago. This is an embarrassment. There's there's no activist movement that addresses this. Black Lives Matter doesn't address it. The, the, the big mouth celebrities don't address it. Uh, the politicians in Chicago have failed to do anything about it. Although, again, I'll cut them some slack, just like I'll cut police slack. What the hell is uh, Lori Lightfoot supposed to do about it? Yeah, if some fourteen-year-old kid's going to shoot his buddy, what's why? How does how she stop that? Blame the guns. Well, you know. you said though that uh, that Blame people somebody. don't bring this up. I th- I think they d- some do, but the problem is if they choose to, they're worried about getting canceled. Yeah, well, isn't that a shame? And like I said, when you were uh, when you couldn't hear us, when you step up to the city council and complain about the violence and the crime and the criminals. You get the response that uh, y- your complaint is coming from a place of white privilege. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know that's their answer if they even bother to answer you at all. Well, we could do hours and hours and hours on the concept of white privilege. Everybody's privileged to some degree. Uh, you want to change topics completely? Sure. Uh, you guys gave me a real boatload of grief. When I mentioned uh, how easy it would be to write a Hallmark 
Christmas oh, movie. Yeah. Uh, y- you have come up on the uh, Jason and Alexis show on uh, my talk. Apparently, I'm not the only one. Uh, I, I was behind the curve in realizing that these things are so campy and, and so delightfully campy that you uh, that people play games with them. Uh, people play a certain game called how fast can you pick, you know, in the opening scene, you can pick out, okay, she's going to be the love interest. He's going to lose her. And, and and now the Star Tribune printed today Hallmark Christmas TV movie bingo card. Ha! Wait a it's, minute. Is this it, in the girls section? It's in the variety section. It was great. <laughs> girls section. Well, I got it online, Kenny. I don't know if it was in the... Hold on. Let me turn away from the crossroad here. So you, so you get maybe five people watching one of these games, right? Sure, sure. And you, you each have the bingo card in your hand. Uh, Christmas tree lot provides the perfect drop, b- backdrop for a meat cute. Okay, you see that? Boom, you got bingo, right? You put a mark there. Uh, a main character is a single parent and is definitely not looking for love. So the, <laughs> so the minute you see that, that's on your bingo card. After yep. years of searching, a lost family heirloom or ornament is finally found. Bingo. Couple get cozy over hot cocoa, spiked only with marshmallows. The town has a holiday-themed name and an accompanying festival. Oh, my God, these are so right on. A big city career guy or gal begrudgingly heads home to the small town for the holidays. Sure. Yes, that's even made its way into a lot of mainstream movies where doctors get stranded in a small town and then end up living there for the rest of their lives. The Christmas Eve community tree lighting ceremony has a tender moment. Well, of course it does. Main character tries to escape or get back to her life, but plans are foiled by a snowstorm. Oh, I saw that one the other night. Uh, protagonist owns a quaint <laughs> protagonist owns a quaint bakery or coffee shop or restaurant. Main character returns home and bumps into the person who broke his or her heart. Right. Bingo. Yep. <laughs> the inevitable kiss happens before the movie's last five minutes. The quaint community Main Street is being threatened by progress. Movie features Broadway actress and Minnesota native Laura Osnes. One of the townspeople is a wise older man who looks a lot like Santa. <laughs> a TV star from the 70s, 80s, or 90s appears. And they, they write Candace Cameron Bray doesn't count. I don't know who that is. During a, stroll in a light, uh, during a stroll, a light snow begins to fall, creating the perfect romantic moment. Well, of course. Greedy Scrooge developer trying to reinvent small village or resort has a change of heart. There's cookie baking and decorating or gingerbread houses being built. Bingo. I see a romantic gazebo all lit up or a carousel or a horse-drawn carriage. Bingo. Meddling parent, kid, or best friend can't resist playing holiday matchmaker. A community concert pageant on Christmas. Apparently nobody travels for the holidays. Setting is a family-owned lodge, resort, or store that's desperately trying to stay open. Sure. The merry trimming of the tree creates a moment of unity and romance. And finally, soon-to-be couple hold hands while ice skating. One of them falls anyway. Bingo. That's so right on. That's exactly... You hang on to this sheet, you could write the script. (laughs) You have to write, then, the perfect script. There's a lot of movies out that they say have followed the perfect movie formula. Jaws is one of them. Uh, Die Hard, the first Die Hard is one of them, that you follow all the steps it takes to write the perfect movie. Now, I think it's your job to take 
all of those and put them into one movie. Do you do you think you're up for the challenge? Absolutely. It'll Absolutely. Just be a fun brain challenge, if anything. It gives yeah. you a chance to stretch out, and you know they they say that's how Hunter Thompson wrote uh, Fear and Loathing in, in Las Vegas. He oh, was really? Just, it was just an exercise in outrageous writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except I couldn't do it better than that bingo card just did it. Right. <laughs> I know. Uh, speaking of that, we did get an email, by the way, Joe from Bert. Uh, he sent this to me last night. He said, "Hey, Chris, try this." Hey, Joe, how do you reconcile your love of Hallmark Christmas movies with your hatred of Christmas lights? Interesting. He's gonna that's come up this. before. That's that's a falsehood. Yeah. That's yeah. a falsehood. Yeah. What do you yeah, mean? I, t- I tried this one a couple of weeks ago. Oh. And got chastised for it. Yeah. I don't hate Christmas lights at all. I love them. I, I, what he's referring to is the story I've often told about that miserable Christmas light <laughs> tour I went on. <laughs> the, the windows in the limo. Windows fogged, fogged up. up. You couldn't see anything. <laughs> And remind Kenny, uh, myself, and the listeners, was this uh, you and your siblings and their spouses? Was that the deal? It was pretty much our entire block where we live. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and, and, and family, yeah. It was, it, the thing was one of those illegally stretched limos sure. that probably would have broken in half over an ice chunk. <laughs> Say, this reminds me, Shea Cab, she's got herself a brand new big black rig, and she'll take you on those holiday light tours if you want to go. She'll take you over to uh, uh, State Fairgrounds or wherever the hell it is that you want to Well, how does she keep her windows from being fogged up? I don't know. She knows how to use the defrost. I don't know. I might as well have been inside a jar of pickles. You do like we do in March, Suit. You crank the heat and roll the windows down. That's right. <laughs> I guess that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. uh, Carrie writes, I'm reading Killing England by Bill O'Reilly. It's about the Revolutionary War. You've got to read this paragraph about Thomas Jefferson. This is from Chapter 4, page 58. Jefferson is a creature of habit. He records the morning temperature and wind speed in a notebook he keeps with him at all times. He also records the afternoon temperature precisely at 4 o'clock each day. Jefferson's pockets are filled with implements to satisfy his curiosity. Notebook, thermometer, pencil, compass, and even a pocket-sized globe. In the spring, Jefferson makes notes of the day in which particular flowers bloom. Once autumn comes, he will record the migratory patterns of birds. And Carrie says, maybe you are related to Thomas Jefferson. This guy is enabling you is what he's doing because he just described you. Carrie, so, not a guy. Carrie, oh, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie Moran. Oh, it's our Carrie? Our Carrie, our Carrie, yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, boys, what you think of the old Vikes yesterday? Uh, that was a classic example of one team gift-wrapping you a victory. It's also why you watch sports. Oh, the redemption at the end for the The redemption yeah. was incredible. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Do you think, as Rookie does, that that uh, BB threatened uh, Cousins with his life if he didn't throw him the pass? <laughs> I'd like to think so, but he doesn't strike me as a an outspoken kind of guy in that re- in that regard. Boy, did uh, who the hell they play? Charlotte. Uh, yeah, Carolina. Carolina. Excuse me, Carolina. My God. They they were pretty poorly coached, if you ask me. Yeah, uh, I didn't get their. Um, their decision making, especially towards the end of the game. I mean, they, they all they had to do was kill the clock. Right. I, I didn't get it at all. And Thielen was at home. Yeah. Correct. Which I didn't understand. So he, 
he was in COVID protocol. And, and the video was great. I think his wife took the video of him celebrating well, the touchdown. Probably doesn't have any symptoms, Chris. I know plenty of people that have the COVID, oh, okay. but no symptoms at all. Got it. Okay, got it. I talked to a guy Saturday who had COVID, and he lost his sense of taste and smell. Did I tell you guys this on the air, or did, is that when we were we having go, our engine a, light go on? Was this off the air or on the air? I can't remember. Boy, are we getting old. You know what? Tell it again, Joe. Spin the hits. Just in case, tell us again. <laughs> right. Well, he, he ordered some uh, extra hot oh. wings. Extra hot. I mean, really hot wings. And he couldn't taste them, but he knew they were hot because he was sweating profusely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that could be dangerous, couldn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, those ghost peppers, are you kidding me? That'd kill a Swede like me. You know, this will be funny if we find out tomorrow that that was the second time um, that you told that story, because it reminds me, I was interning at a rock station about 20 years ago, and the overnight jock uh, came into work so hammered, he played the same song four straight times. Jeez, <laughs> boy. The PD got, uh, got a little mad about that one at the time. <laughs> well, I've could I couldn't have told you before it just happened saturday no but no, you but may, on the air i is, might have told you this before but we didn't know if we were on the air or not that's right that's right because our check engine light came on hello 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 keep hello. your foot to the floor hello. keep going yeah. Yeah. cops are behind us keep going, going. that's right that's right um, well why don't we take a short time out for water all right we, we will. might be bragging back we just don't we don't know. know we just don't know but first let me tell you about our friends at harmony spirits uh what i've been got? mentioning those uh, gift baskets by the way here is a really cool idea for you out of state listeners that would uh, love to try some harmony spirits uh, Ace Spirits, I believe they're located in Hopkins. They will ship all across the country, by the way. You just go to their website, acespirits.com, and you can place their order. It's not every single state, but over half the states in this country will ship, including, I know we have a lot of listeners in Arizona and in Florida. Go to Ace Spirits, and that's how you can get Harmony Spirits mailed right to your front door. It's just that easy. Go online to harmonyspirits.net if you sign up for their monthly newsletter, uh, you are registered to win a free bottle of spirits. Local handcrafted spirits produced right here in our backyard in Harmony, Minnesota. Place your order, go into your local liquor store and ask for them by name because they love the partnership with all of you GLers and us here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Flashlight, Hello. check. Yep. Tool belt, check. Hello. Yep. Attitude, Check. He's going in. Joe Souchere. Take it can away, any, Kenny. Can anybody hear me? Yes. It's obvious that the uh, GL podcast needs the American Institute of Non-Destructive Testing to test our sketchy equipment. And you know what? In our case, it might be okay if the testing accidentally turns out to be destructive. Uh, anyway, uh, the Institute, the American Institute of Non-Destructive Testing, they're the answer to the mystery and the failed academy. Everything you want to know can be found right on the website, trainingndt.com. They've got a 92% placement rate. The jobs are waiting, and more on that in a second. But the Institute, housed in a brand-new 16,000-square-foot facility, uh, but you don't have to roll in for classes until you've completed six months of online studies. Then comes the three weeks in class while housed in a really nice hotel up in the Brainerd area. 
And that's when you're going to meet and hopefully hook up with any one of the many companies that roll into town to interview and hire students. These companies, they're looking to hire techs to non-destructively test components and parts that are either, well, they're about to go into service or they've been in service, but ne they need testing to assure that their quality and continued usefulness remains. And I'm talking everything from small little parts to bridges and aerospace uh, components, everything else you can possibly imagine in between. Your tuition, okay, that's what I wanted to talk about. It includes housing, and there's no worries about loan payments for students that qualify until 90 days after graduation. And you're going to make enough to where your payments won't break the bank. Uh, there's so many great gross growth opportunities in this industry. Check out the website again, trainingndt.com. It's a real eye-opener, especially if you need a career change or if you're contemplating the rest of your life. Uh, it's trainingndt.com. Hello? Hello. <laughs> Joe Patch has had a giant declaration. You know what he said? Hmm. They're back! <laughs> yep. Eight. Yes. Kenny, yes. Kenny yes, what's sir. their record this year? We used to have a basketball <laughs> schedule right. for them. Have they played Dakota Tech yet, damn it? That's the big one, man. That is no, a you had said The Institute in Dakota you, Tech. You know, go that ahead, and St. Paul College, they could take them <laughs> on. Right. Uh, Dunwoody. That's You're right. right. There should be a league. I think, Pat, a... that was one of your first Patino rips. How come he hasn't scheduled eight for the Gophers <laughs> non-conference yes, schedule? That's probably it. <laughs> That is probably it. So I'm very disappointed in all you guys. You didn't watch The Undoing yet, huh? Everyone what? in my family has, and I'm being urged to, so I think I will. What is it? Okay, it's a six-part series. Uh, uh, Hugh Grant is the male lead. Nicole Kidman, still looking pretty good at 53, is the female lead. Uh, Hugh has an affair with a voluptuous young lady who seems to be a bit of a screwball. No go zone? Uh, but he went there. And uh, <laughs> and there's a murder that takes place. And I got to tell you, she's got the mutilated face, right? When, mm -hmm. when they find her, the face beyond almost recognition. So as a, as a guy who watched Body Heat like two weeks ago, I said, that ain't her. She's in, she's crazy. She's in on the deal. But you know what has screwed up those storylines, those great storylines? All this DNA crap. Yeah. <laughs> they can find out it now for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I got—I won't give it all away, but because uh, Joe's going to watch it. But my hope was that this voluptuous young lady and Nicole were in on it. That this was not her; it was somebody else, and they're. They were actually having a relate. They were lovers, and we might have some flashbacks, but none of that happened. Okay. So I gotta say. Oh. So anyway, but it it was fun because it was fun speculating. Okay, who did it? And there's 30 seconds of Donald Sutherland telling the uh, proctor or the boss at a at a very hoity-toity high school that the son of Hugh and Nicole goes to and mm -hmm. his grandson, why he shouldn't throw him out of the school. <laughs> and uh, it is, it's worth the price of admission to, uh, well. You're, I think, are you alluding to something we can't repeat on the Yes, air? yes, it involves, okay. right. uh, yeah. it involves the long things. C word. 
And, okay. Uh, okay. and he tells them. <laughs> the long one. And the he, long one. And he tells Not the them abbreviated, that he is a, I didn't call you one. He tells, him, he tells him that he is a bad C word. Oh, not a. And he's not referring to that in the gay sense. That right. he is. And right. this, the guy at the end of the 30s. Why in the hell am I going to watch this? At the I, end I of, virtually can see the whole thing. At the end of the 30 seconds, the guy has decided to let the lad stay in that school after, ah. after Bud Sutherland's great. Yeah. So no, much he, like Al Swearingen referred to yes, the gentleman he, from Yankton. Yes, right. And Mr. Wu, the people from San Francisco. Yes, that's right. Yes. That's yes. right. Now, Al used that word better than anybody in the oh, history yeah, of yeah, television. Yeah. But, Except uh, for Mr. Wu. I thought Mr. Yeah, Wu was a But a Donald, uh, Donald Sutherland's pretty good at it, too. So anyway, so, it's fun. It's fun. Earlier in the podcast, Such broke down the formulas you need to write a Hallmark movie, and okay. I think you two could pull it off. I mean, <laughs> I there, there's too. a whole formula for writing. Well, it was a bingo things. card that it was a bingo uh, Joe card. revealed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, how did you get stuck with? What did you just watch one and by happenstance oh, or what? He, no, he yes. watches one a day. No, I do not. <laughs> hey, I called you yesterday, okay, but you didn't good. answer. All right. I was driving around a little bit at one time, and I think I forgot myself. A Roycey walk? Were you taking a Roycey walk? Yeah, I just couldn't take it anymore, man. I just had to <laughs> see the sights. Uh, I, I didn't I, actually get out and walk like three blocks, but it was kind of chilly. It's kind of chilly. Well, inspired by your column on the Worth Putting Association, yes. I decided to go over and look at that clubhouse. Yes. And I got turned around. There's no exit off uh, 394. Uh, to get to Theodore Worth Parkway, so I, I took a hundred right. mm -hmm. to Glenwood, yeah, back. and then Glenwood back, and there it is. And I, I think that's a neat looking clubhouse. Oh, man. oh God, nineteen nineteen, the original main floor, and then a little later they oh. put the second floor on it. But it's great, and I gotta say that when you start BSing with guys, there's nothing better than old black guys. <laughs> Mm -hmm. who, oh, yeah. who, who have been, you know, who when they go play golf, they can play with white guys. Black, they don't, they don't care who they're playing with, and uh, and there were uh, this uh, Steve Shorty Lasley was uh, one of the great characters I've talked to, and uh, there was uh, there was several of them, but uh, Eddie was uh, both Roe and Wong have known him from senior golf tournaments and stuff, mm -hmm. and, and they both. Uh, uh, I had in my column on Thursday that Eddie Manorville had died, and they both called me and said, "What? When did he die?" And he said, "He's one of the old timers, man. Mm -hmm. He was the old timer." And uh, but they, you know, the, the putting green was like quarters. But the the one guy I love, the one guy Kevin Stuckey, who uh, who joined him in '82 when he wandered down there, white guy from the neighborhood. He got himself the change belt. I told you that, the, you know, <laughs> yeah. with the oh, quarters, yeah, yeah, with the quarters yeah. in there. So if somebody wanted to buy it, five bucks worth of quarters, boom, 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 boom. There. <laughs> anyway, they looks like a hilly course, man. Oh, the back nine is yeah. uh, the front nine. You kind of walk over the bridge there, and then it's okay. And then the back nine, but but Kenny, they got this loppet thing going now. They got figure skating and skiing, right. and somebody. On Friday, when I was there, had not read Governor Walz's 
<laughs> family Uh-oh. only, but maybe they were grade school buses. Maybe they were school buses, you know, and then, then you can do this. Maybe it was... Maybe it was a recreational trip for a school or something. I, I don't know. But uh, there were there were lots of kids skiing and skating. and uh, Cool, fun. Doing, doing. I saw that yesterday. Yeah. Governor I, Walls will speak to us at 2 o'clock today, by the way. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you Patrick, I was telling Such uh, before we started today that the, the, uh, the Theo Earth Par 3 was the only course that I could shoot a decent, respectable round on. Mm-hmm. That, For some reason, that course was so forgiving to a hack slob like me. I, I In the fall especially, it was so pretty. I'd play it two or three times a week. I had it to myself, too. Can, uh, Eddie had a whole, uh, at 81, had a whole, holes in one on consecutive holes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. He had 11, although several of them were at the par 3 course, but... Uh, not to be vain about it, his putty, his uh, license said hole in one. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, I love those guys. They're, uh, they're. Uh, it, it was. Uh, I never knew about. If I had, I known about the Worth Putting Association. I would have gone and done something on it, but I didn't know about it. Until yeah, but Eddie then you would have passed. written about it, and it would have screwed everything up, and then yeah, they would have attracted true. crowds, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you this one. I told it to Joe, and again, it involves the long C word, but uh, we won't give you the full details. But Eddie was out there. This, this And if you're a Trump fan, you might not want to hear this. Oh, okay, God. I'm, I'm going to don't call Reavers. It's not his fault. It's a it's a fun story. Eddie was leaning up against his fence that could not hold him, and he <laughs> fell back off the fence and went down four feet, hit his head. Oh, he's 88 oh. years old. He oh, had a geez. big cut on his head. And he's kind of knocked out, semi-knocked out, laying there, and they're all afraid. And, and Stucky says to him, Eddie, what's the name of the president? What's the name of the president? And Eddie gives him this blank, blank look, well, you know, like, and he said, oh, my God, he does, you know, he's, you know, so then they got the EMTs that come over and uh, they checked him out and they, they, they stood him up and when they stood him up, Stucky says again, Eddie, what's the name of the president? And Eddie gives him this blank look, like, you know, so, so now they're in the car and Eddie and Kevin's going to drive him to North Memorial. And halfway there, he, he, Eddie said, I'm good, I'm good. I don't even know if I have to go to North Memorial. And he said, Eddie, you couldn't even name the president. He says, I wouldn't use that blooper. Ble- I wouldn't say that bleeper's name. I wouldn't say that bleeper's name to anybody. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh. So we passed on that one, though. So uh, speaking of falling down in presidents, uh, it sounds like okay. Biden took a fall over the weekend and Playing cracked with his an ankle. Dog, right? Yeah. Yeah. Broke his, broke yeah. Got to go to the boot. Got to go, go to the boot. Oh, the boot, man. Yeah. Oh, that's Gotta so wear the boot. That's the uh, human equivalent of uh, the dog wearing the comb. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it really is. So does this mean we're just going to put Kamala in office right away? I mean, sounds like. Are we going to wait a little bit? Our dog, our dog uh, had they they put that thing on him once, Kenny. That cone (laughs) that lasted about ten minutes. Oh, that dog 
was suicidal. It was going to go jump in the pool and drown itself. It was. It was. He was so depressed having to wear that thing. He said, "Ah, go ahead, scratch it." Speaking of depressed dogs, Patrick, um, my my dad went to Maui today for a couple of months. Okay. So he dropped off his 12, 13-year-old lab. She's oh, in really man. good shape, but she's already playing me. I brought her into the office this morning, and about every 10 minutes, she'll get really anxious and start jumping up and down by the door mm-hmm. like she's got to go outside. So I'll turn off the mic in the middle of the segment and take her out there. All she does is sniff around. She mm-hmm. doesn't do her business. No. So she's obviously playing me. Yeah, oh, she wants, she's bored, though. She's bored. Yeah, yeah. 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 When uh, we used to take Stout to the sports show, I used to, I'd used to take Stout to the sports show, and he'd, you know, the thing would start, and he'd be laying on that cold floor down there in the at the, the old Channel 2 studios, whatever, the, my whatever it was, then my 23 or something. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but after about 20 minutes, he'd come over there and start rapping me with the nose, saying, okay, that's enough of this BS. Come on. Let's, let's yeah. go here. I'm such a novice, you know, and the dog knows me well, but I'm such a novice. It's like, oh, I don't want her to drop a deuce on the floor here. I got I got to get her outside. And then she just wanders around sniffing stuff. She never does go. Oh, they want your attention. Man. Yeah. Pat, what do you think of BB's Redemption? That was pretty good. Like Rookie, do you believe he threatened Cousins in the huddle and said, if you don't throw me that ball, I'm going to kill you? Uh, I think it was a tie between BB's redemption and the dumbest coaching I've ever seen by the opposition. Yeah. The clock is your friend. The Mm -hmm. clock is your friend. They, they They can have the Vikings out of timeouts with the two minute warning, run two more plays and punt. And then, if the BB dropped the ball, there would have been about 30 seconds left or mm-hmm. 45 seconds left. And they ended up getting them the ball with a minute 54. And then they'd put good pressure on Cousins all day. They just went back into this prevent and let them complete passes. I don't. Could you it ever think of a game where a team scored two defensive touchdowns and still lost? First time in NFL history that. One person has scored consecutive defensive touchdowns, and he did it in ten seconds. This is historic. Oh, this mm-hmm. is this is incomprehensible. <laughs> and this moron, Matt Rule, uh, and his uh, buddy Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator he hired from LSU, uh, they <laughs> it was unbelievable. Now maybe they want to lose and get a better draft choice because they're not a playoff team, but. God Almighty was that, but they, uh, but they could have been in the playoff hunt with the victory, uh, five and seven, yeah, just would've... like the Vikings would have been yeah. out of it because with a loss. I don't know if they're going to play that. How about the NFL? Those pompous. Why did they make Denver play? Making Denver play. <laughs> what if we're going to teach you a lesson? You know, for yeah. wear your mask. And here's what I want to know. And I said this earlier today. Who ratted them out? I don't know. In the Denver facility, who ratted uh, out the guys yeah, for not wearing yeah. their mask oh, at the quarterback? Oh, I hate people like that. Yeah. Oh, I now, don't I think like the rats. NFL has a snoop with each team now. Really? I, I don't think the guy should be, like, seriously injured, but I think if you find out who the rat is, you should take him out and, like, hit him in the legs with a stick or some damn thing. <laughs> well, don't didn't you? New Orleans get ratted out, too? Hundreds of thousands of dollars oh, of yeah, fines. Oh, yeah, yeah, all kinds yep. of fines, yeah. Yep. And the other thing, Vic Fangio 
the coach has already been fined $100,000 for improper wearing of the mask on this. The NFL, the whole, you know, I okay, mask, grocery store, okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. But you got a sport when these guys are out here laying on top of each other in piles, but if the coach takes a couple of minutes to have the mask not covering his nose, you're threatening the survival of the whole oh, right. team. It's I mean, all it's, image. That's it, all they care about that's is all, image. And now they're going to let – and here I saw some of these jackass NFL national people, you know, mm-hmm. the national reporters who have to kiss their butts so they don't get mad at ESPN or somebody's defending this as, well, they're, they're Roger Goodell, you know, they, they've been warning these teams. They should have – so you're going to just have a game on TV that's a complete fiasco. Mm-hmm. It should have been a forfeit. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, and in fact, I had said, I go, how badly does Elway want to put the jersey on just to, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to go down there? Because <laughs> they oh, were without that, a quarterback. Well, if, if, if the Denver owner's got any guts, he'd just say, we're not playing. Yeah. You know, I'm sure the league would have then tried to find him millions or something, but they should have said. It was ridiculous. We're not, in Baltimore... They're not practicing again today. I don't think they practice in like 10 days, but they're still going to try to make them play Pittsburgh tomorrow night. So. No NFL team can practice today. Uh, oh, really? What yeah. happened? They, that's the new rule. On Mondays? Yep. Even if you got a Tuesday game? Right. Oh, because they got to wait to see who got sick on mm-hmm. Sunday. Night. Hey, mm-hmm. Pat, you know, you were talking about who ratted them out. I think I know a certain reporter that would have ratted out a Vikings uh, coach or two back in the 70s when he was covering the team. I would not have done that. <laughs> yes. Well, he co- was it a third rounder or a fourth rounder you cost him? I cost him a third rounder. A third rounder. <laughs> Most so innocent mistake in the history yep. of sports. Yep. But you know what? You were the only honest guy out there. Ralphie Reeve and those boys knew it was illegal, but they didn't report him, you know? Well, worse than that, I didn't know it was illegal. <laughs> So I just had it in my notes. Why is this guy running with the practice team or yeah. whatever I wrote? <laughs> For the second straight day, right, that was right. the problem. Oh, yeah. Did Bud have something to say to you about that, too? Didn't he pull you aside and uh, put his I arm think, around I your think shoulder? Deep down, I think deep down he was amused at my naivete. <laughs> it was like the time I asked uh, Gene Mock, who was Gabby Hartnett? Yeah. And Gene Mock just said, I can't believe this. Yeah. I just can't believe <laughs> this. No, my favorite, my favorite all time, though, was when you asked why Rod Carew couldn't go back in the game and hit. No, no, Tony Oliva. Tony Oliva, I'm sorry. I ran across oh. that game, by the way. Oh, yeah? Shea oh. Stadium. Yeah, yep. Shea Stadium, 74 or 5. One of those yeah. Why were they playing at Shea? Because the Yankee Stadium was being rebuilt. Oh, that's you know right. we're doing okay. a lot of cleaning here at the uh, at this house. Oh, really? And I found uh, a baseball uh, signed by Mock to me to my favorite scribe suits, really? Gene Mock. Keep yeah. that! Wow, oh, yeah. And I found my uh, Brooks Robinson autograph ball too. So what did he do? Reach around the door when you were there and hand it to you? <laughs> no, it's probably towards when the end of his you, twins. When deal. he made you interview him out on the stoop. <laughs> yeah. Had about a hundred and four degree fever. He says, "Stand about fifteen feet back there." How do you think Ma could be doing in the pandemic? Oh man! Oh man! He'd be smoking up a storm, hoping that they killed the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> well, he had a great line about vitamins. He used to take a lot of vitamins. I said, "Gene, do they work?" And he says, 
they work if you think they do. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a whole lot of stuff. That's, yeah. uh, that's, uh, that is, uh, I was going to ask you, Pat, speaking of baseball, there's been no activity. Are they going to be... Tomorrow, uh, we're going to find out that... Tomorrow or Wednesday, we're going to find out that the St. Paul Saints are a triple-A team once again for the first time since 1960. They're going to announce the minor league shakeup uh, this week. Tuesday, when are Wednesday. we going to find out if we're going to have an NHL season? I don't know. According to Judd, who loves his hockey, they're not even talking right now. They're, no, uh, they're uh, really? mad, they're mad at each other. So yeah, because the uh, NHL wants more give back. They gave them back all the money to go into the the bubble. Bubble. They gave them back big money, and now they want more of that money back. So. But the NHL needs the gate more than yes, because they, they don't do, have the big TV. But, uh, the the union felt like they uh, did everything ah. they could to play last year, and now they're now they're uh, now they're trying to really put them in a. They renegotiated a deal, you know, like they got a long term deal with them that supposedly covered whether the pandemic continued or not and now the nhl wants more money back so gotcha. anyway they're fighting once once again the uh, owners uh, the owners of a sports league feel like uh, they should maybe uh, have all the advantages so mm-hmm. anyway. yeah. oh. all right uh, all right lad. Fellas, wait Let's a second ahead, fellas Kenny. did you uh, did you pat and joe did you see the Huge fiery F one crash yesterday. Yes, Ooh, I missed it. But how? Well, I've, guy, see, I've seen the video. How'd the guy get away? He got away. He's fine. He hit the wall. His car broke in two, yeah. burst into flames, and the next thing you know, he's walking out of the flames like it's a Hollywood movie. It's amazing. Right. And and he Your went car to the got hospital. Split in half, right? Right. Split in half, it's and they say that video. that halo that they put into service, I think it was two years ago, that, that goes over the top of the driver above the windshield, that saved it, it literally saved his life. Kenny, how come they have so few fires now compared to the old days? What have they oh, done to seal the fuel and stuff? It's just, it's it, the safety improvements are just so incredible now. You know, the, I think the last time somebody was killed in F1 was... Five years ago, I think it was in, mm-hmm. in 2015. Yeah, we used to be worth three or four a year, weren't we? A year? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I remember Charlie Hallman showing me a picture once out of one of Auto World or something, and it was like from five years earlier, and it had like the 15 top, I don't know if it was Can-Am or Formula One, however it was, 11 of them were dead. Yep. Wow. Repson, Donahue, that whole crew there, yep. they were. It was really bad in the 60s, mm-hmm. the 50s yeah. and 60s. What's weird, really too, about bad. that video you were referencing, Kenny, when the driver got out, the medic came up to him and asked him, who's the president? <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't tell him either, would no, he? No, he wouldn't. Well, if it was a, if it was a, they would have had the name Mitterrand or somebody <laughs> right. in, a, in, a, in, in Formula One. It wasn't nobody from here, no. I guarantee you. No. <laughs> All righty, gentlemen. All right, there. Thank yeah. you. Goodbye. All right, we'll uh, be back. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Hey, we're pleased to welcome back an old friend. Ray and Welter Heating and Air Conditioning are back with us here in Garage Logic, and they want to remind you. 
to support your local restaurants. They are obviously going through one of the hardest years imaginable. Plus, the holiday season is one of their busiest times, and their doors are closed. But they are trying to save all the business they can by offering great takeout food. It'd be great if you could show your support and order up some great uh, food from some fantastic restaurants, just like, oh, I don't know, how about 30 Bales in Hopkins, uh, Rudy's yes. Red Eye Grill in Lakeville, Heather's Ooh. in Minneapolis, of course, our friends at Jack's Cafe, Red Cow, Mancetti's. They are all supported by our friends at Welter Heating and Air Conditioning. Let's help out these folks and fellow GLers. Anything you can do will be greatly appreciated. Thanks again to Ray and Welter Heating and Air Conditioning for sponsoring our drive to support these fantastic establishments. If you have any heating needs, by the way, this holiday season, check them out at welterheating.com. Joe? Only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India, from That's Tom Lyman. On this day in 1960, novelist Ernest Hemingway was admitted to St. Mary's Hospital in Rochester, where he underwent shock treatment for depression. Wow. Oh, boy. And I don't think it worked. A few days no, later, he no. committed suicide in right. Idaho. Right. So I yeah. uh, guess Catch that didn't him. take hold real well. Yeah. 1967, on this day, November 30, Minnesota Senator Eugene McCarthy <coughs> excuse me, announced, announced he will challenge President Lyndon Johnson for the 1968 Democratic nomination for president. The University of Minnesota Young Democrats chapter became the first in the nation to back McCarthy, who, despite early successes, did not earn his party's nod. Mm. And also on this day in 1912, Gordon Parks was born in Fort Scott, Kansas. He would move to St. Paul as a teenager and eventually develop a career as a photographer, writer, filmmaker, composer, and musician. So there you have it on this day in Minnesota history. Nice. Well, it's another gorgeous day. I, I think I have to go walk the Garage Logic Service Road of Life. You gonna do a Roycey walk or a regular Sushi walk? A regular walk. Gotcha. Uh, tomorrow, what? And I want to listen to Walls at two o'clock. Oh, very good point. Oh, uh, tomorrow, uh, Rookie will be back, and we will be joined by Pat Kessler, formerly of WCCO Television, who announced his retirement a few weeks ago. That's good because I've then, got a lot of questions for Pat. And then Friday. We have Dr. Mike Osterholm on Friday. Are you sure about that? It's uh, I've double checked. Okay. <laughs> I like my original screw up. It'll actually be good to have him on this Friday to see what yeah. does happen as a result of the holiday season or the holidays last well, week. Well, that's why I want to listen to Walls at two o'clock. Uh, maybe they've discovered something. Maybe it'll be positive. Who knows? You're going to hold out your hope for that one? No, no. I think okay. Christmas will probably be the same as Thanksgiving. Wait, are you saying that? We may have to cancel Christmas? Might have to. But I, I get to say that when Rook's not here. That's true. Okay. Yeah. That's, how about that? There we go. Hey, don't forget to download that PodMN app, by the way. Uh, you will get notifications instantly when today's episode of Garage Logic is posted. And also, please do us a favor and rate and review that PodMN app in your Google and Apple Play store. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you tomorrow right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. <laughs>